I have in my hand Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. 1,257 pages, chock full of theological goodness, digging into topics everywhere from what the Bible is, who God is as Trinity, what sin is, angels, demons, Satan, all kinds of stuff. Now, for some people, a book like this belongs on a desk. You want to sit down, you want to study it, you want to dig deep and really enrich your understanding. For other people, it might belong on an end table where you sit on a nice rainy day, curl up with some coffee or something and just enjoy some good, light, casual reading. But for other people, and I think a lot of people, this book belongs on the top 10 scariest books of all time. And if that's you, then this short series will hopefully help you find value in books like this. Hey everyone, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to equip Christians to think biblically about every area of life so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. And in this episode, uh, we are starting a very short three-part series on whether or not Christians really need theology. Uh, this channel itself is fairly new, but um, I have a, a whole ministry that does a lot of what you've already seen so far. Uh, digging into texts, especially confusing texts, um, talking about real world things, uh, just digging into topics that are, we maybe assume because of tradition, but don't have a good biblical backing for it. Um, and a lot of what I do is ultimately digging into theology. And so when I've talked to people in the past, whether about my ministry, whether just talking to people in general, there's a a very real hesitation within modern day Christianity about whether or not theology is valuable, whether Christians need it, or if it's even a good thing. And so I really want this series to um, j just help those of you out there who maybe you want to study theology, but you don't know where to start. Maybe you don't know what it really is or why it should matter for an everyday Christian, you know, keeping a, a nine to five job or staying home with the kids or whatever. So that's really what we're going to do is just dig into what it is, why we need it and how to do it. So uh, in this episode, though, we are going to be talking about why the idea of studying theology bothers Christians. Uh, you know, there are some who think all theology is unnecessary. There are those who say, you know, it's fine for those those nerds, but not for me. Uh, so we're just going to just dig into all the the hesitations that people have. And this obviously won't cover every hesitation, but a lot of the ones that I have run into as I've talked to people um, addressing some of the hesitations I've had in my own life uh, when I first kind of uh, started well, stopped uh, rebelling against the Holy Spirit's work in my life and started studying more. Um, so let's get into it. So why does theology bother Christians? The first thing that can bother people is that theology is very academic, but it's not very spiritual. So they would say things like, well, you know, theology is an attempt to put God in a box where we we fit him into things that we can understand. And we say, this is who God is because I've been able to examine it and I am comfortable with all the knowledge that I have and I can fully explain God. And so that's the idea that people have about theology. Another is that if we are studying theology, then it removes our ability to be spirit led. Uh, Galatians 5.16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And there's this idea that intellectual or academic things are 
opposed to spiritual things, right? You have to pick one or the other. And so because things like Galatians tells us to be led by the spirit, we can't possibly be led by books and studying and things like that. Um, another issue is that even unbelievers can study theology. You know, there are, are people whose whole career is based on studying theology, and they would probably admit that they are not true followers of Jesus Christ because they study theology in the same way we might study something like Greek mythology or things like that, where we study it for the knowledge, for the understandings, for what these backwards people believe about an invisible deity and things like that. But it's not real. You know, it's just study. It's just academic. Um, there are those who would say that, you know, I just, I just need Jesus. I don't need to study. I don't need to know the things, you know, I can read, I can pray and whatever I feel is right is going to be right. And that is how people live their Christian life. Or finally, there's those who say, who are, are hesitant about theology because Jesus praises a childlike faith and children outside of like those old, like nineties, Disney's movies, right? Children don't go and study deep things. So in Matthew 18, two to five, it says, uh, and he, Jesus called a child to himself and set him before them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you were never, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever therefore will humble himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And so the idea here being that we need to have a childlike faith where we just trust, where we don't need to understand these things. We don't need to worry about original languages. Kids don't worry about that stuff. We don't need to worry about, you know, genre and and, and the author's intent and things like that, because kids, they hear things and they either believe it or they reject it. And, and those who would hold this idea or hold this hesitation would say, that is how Jesus wants us to be. Now, the next hesitation that people have is that theology is just difficult, right? It's hard. And the, the reasons that people may have that can come from a whole variety of things. There are people who might just be lazy. Uh, you know, they, they didn't like school. They don't want to take the time out of, you know, after working all day to come home and, you know, read a difficult book or use commentaries or even just read their Bible for more than a verse or two a day. You know, they don't want to, to dig into their Bible. They just want to kind of do the Christian thing and live their life and then just get to heaven. Um, others might find it intimidating, you know, and that's totally uh, something that I can appreciate. You know, theology, there's big words. There's a whole lot to it. I mean, there's, you know, big, thick, you know, 1200 page books that you can read on it. Where do you start with theology? What do you do with it? You know, it just it seems so overwhelming to start that people, even if they might want to, just can't because they don't know where to begin. You also have those who might just be spiritually immature. You know, if you have someone who is fresh saved, they may not have even heard the word theology before. They may have no idea what it is, what it's supposed to be in their life and things like that. You know, there's people who, and I think a lot of people, even if they've been saved for a while, are just living their life. They, they've, they've got their, their ticket out of hell and they think that that's all that they really need. And that might be, again, because they are fresh saved, 
It might also be because the value or role or meaning of theology has never been taught or emphasized in their life. Uh, you know, there's pastors out there who they would, you know, really poo-poo the idea of theology. You know, they would go back, uh, especially to that first point we made about how, you know, life is is all about living in the spirit and just trusting and resting and not studying and not doing things like that. And so, you know, especially if a pastor you know, his job is to protect your soul, to guide you, to grow you, to equip you. And if he's not doing that, then you're going to trust what that pastor is saying. And so if a pastor is not talking about theology, or if they are especially speaking negatively about theology, as I've seen some pastors do, then it's really no surprise that hundreds or thousands of people who sit under these men aren't finding the value in it as well. Next. Some people might be hesitant about theology or be bothered by it because theology has been weaponized throughout history and even today. So, you know, historically, we can look at examples of bad individuals or bad uh, religious movements and things like that that have used the Bible to oppress people. They've used it to manipulate masses or manipulate individuals. I think of cults. I think of uh, just whole um people flying the Christian flag who were more in it for uh, the politics and the power more than a surrendered life to Jesus Christ. Uh, and they use it to just control people, right? To say, you can't do this because the Bible says this. Uh, and there's just this kind of bad blood that people have with those who would say, I have studied the Bible deeply and here is what truth is. And then decades or centuries later, we realize, wow, that is not at all what the Bible says. Uh, people have also used the Bible to create division. Uh, you know, people have issues with kind of the division between, uh, you know, the, the major Christian groups, uh, you know, uh, Protestants, Roman Catholics, and Eastern Orthodox, uh, those within Protestantism, which I assume is most people listening to this. Uh, there are issues with how many different denominations that we have and how there is one perfect denomination and everyone's confident that they've got that one perfect one. Um, you know, all these things that people just fight and divide over. Uh, you know, if you watch Christians engage online, it is an absolute dumpster fire of sinfulness and pride and anger and not at all a good representation of who Jesus Christ is and what his people are supposed to be like. Uh, you know, just constant division. And a lot of it comes down to because there are people who have such strong convictions about their particular views of theology that they, they create divisions with other people. Uh, next, you've got people who will use theology to justify sin, which is weird, right? We, we study the Bible so well so that we can say, yes, I am allowed to do whatever my wicked sinful heart tells me that I want to do. Uh, for example, we'll take a hot button issue today, homosexuality. There are those who would say, well, homosexuality is okay because you see, if we understand Paul in this way, and if we look at this word that he used, and if we do this and that, we can see that, that God doesn't have a problem with homosexuality. It's, it's the, the love between people and thing or, you know, something like that. They would say, oh, well, you know, Paul was just a very, very, uh, homophobic or something like that. Uh, flip side of that argument, then you have people who say, oh, well, the Bible says to, to kill homosexuals. And so therefore we have every right as Christians to hurt and harass and even kill people for their sexual preferences. And, and the world sees this stuff, 
you know, and, and there's, again, there's that division within Christianity because people who are studying the Bible so well, or at least just well enough to justify what they already want to believe. Uh, and finally, we just see that theology takes advantage of people. Uh, and this would be more, I think, modern day stuff. Um, I think of things like the prosperity gospel, where we, we twist and manipulate what tithing is, what the Bible says, um, the various so-called promises in the Bible about, you know, health, wealth, prosperity, healing, things like that. Uh, but but you got to have enough faith, you know, and if you have faith, you will will sow money into a certain ministry and whatever you give, God is going to multiply for you. So if you give a measly $10 because you don't have enough faith, God will give you that. If you sow $1,000, though, especially if you don't have $1,000, then, oh boy, God's going to bless you so much because of this one Bible verse that I've ripped completely out of context. Ugh. Or... Flip side, you've also got people who are very legalistic. Uh, you know, these churches who they say, you know, you have to do this and you can't do that and you can't associate with these people and you have to dress this way and talk this way and do this, don't do that. And they will use Bible verses, just like the prosperity gospel, completely ripped out of context to say, here is what we want to be true. Here is the control we want to have. Here is the belief system that we want to structure. Interestingly, always about controlling people and we will use the Bible to do it. Or uh, look at American politics, right? You've got presidents dating back, I don't know how far. I don't know if we've ever had a president who wasn't, didn't claim to be a Christian. I don't know if we've ever had, I mean, maybe more so recently, but, you know, historically, you know, back in, I think, the 90s and previously, you know, it was so advantageous to be a Christian that you would say, oh, well, I'm a Christian, and so you should vote for me because we need to get, you know, Christians in these these positions of power. And so, you know, politics has become all about, especially in America, it's become all about just using the Bible and and using God's people to to get people where they want to be. So, uh, you know, just like I said, the whole weaponization of theology really, really bothers people, and rightfully so. Uh, fourth uh, thing that bothers people about theology is that it doesn't really deal with real world issues. You know, it's fine to say, oh, well, how many angels could dance on the head of a pen? But that doesn't really help us. You know, I mean, you've got people who have questions about relationships or how to overcome problems in their marriage or their dating or who to marry, things like that. Uh, you've got people struggling with physical and mental health. They're trying to overcome addictions. You know, they're dealing with real physical, emotional, psychological, biological things that the Bible just doesn't talk about. Uh, you've got no idea on how to raise or educate your kids today. Yeah, sure. The Bible says some things about raising kids, right? The Bible says some things about alcohol. It says some things about marriage, but it doesn't answer our questions. We can't go to the Bible and say, Bible, what do I do? And the Bible says, here's what you do. Theology is fine for people who want to dig into the stuff, but you know, for most people, we're dealing with regular day-to-day -day things. You know, We're just trying to survive this life, and the Bible doesn't offer us a whole lot of guidance, or so it seems. Uh, it doesn't tell us who to vote for or how to handle different, you know, political policies and things like that. Uh, it doesn't tell us how to make work and business decisions. You know, do I take this job? How do I handle this business? How do I grow my business? How do I treat my employees? Things like that. Um, and it doesn't even tell us how to choose a church. You know, the Bible doesn't say here are the markers of a good church. You know, here, you know, just check off these bullet points. And if you get if a church has seven out of ten of these, then it's a safe church to go to. So we, you know, we shop around for churches. We don't go to churches at all. The Bible just 
doesn't seem to, to really help us understand these things at a basic day-to-day, everyday man and woman level. And finally, there are those who would say that, you know what? Theology is just for nerds. It's for those people who, you know, they sit there and they make YouTube videos and they've got glasses and they've got, uh, you know, beard going on and things like that. Huh. Anyway, there are those, though, who would say that, you know, theology is fine. You know, I'm not against theology. It's just not for me. It's fine for for you, but it's not for me. You know, it's a it's a preference thing. You know, it's a it's a hobby that people can get into. Um. There are those who would say that, you know, theology is for nerds. It's for people who like these these really bougie $10 fancy words. People who just like to throw around all these big terms and just kind of sit around in their little nerd circles and just kind of nerd out to Star Wars or Star Trek or Lord of the Rings or the Bible or comic books, whatever. You know, it's just it's just for those nerdy people who like to get into that stuff. Uh, Or it's for people who like to talk like this. A literal hermeneutical approach has led me to the conclusion that the best way to properly exegete any piece of eschatological literature is through a premillennial dispensationalist lens. What? That is what a lot of people hear when they think of theology. They think of these really big words that make absolutely no sense to people outside of those who are already really nerdy and like these big words. But all I really said was that stuff like a seven-year tribulation and a rapture, that stuff makes sense to me when I read books like Daniel or Revelation. That's all I said. But if you don't know these words, if you don't know the terminology, that whole thing made zero sense. And, you know, this, this thing, more than anything else, I think, is why Onward in the Faith exists. I think that this is where God has kind of led me to to creating this ministry. Uh, you know, as I've gotten just, you know, a couple new viewers and things like that, uh, as I started this YouTube thing, um, as my podcast has been around for a while, as my blog has been around for several years now, one thing I've consistently heard is that, is that you know, God has, has somehow gifted me to take very difficult topics and just break it down to a level that's easy for, if you will, normal people to understand. I don't know why God's gifted me that way, but I am very thankful that that is how he allows me to serve him. Because I agree, this stuff drives me nuts. I don't like reading books where people just just lay it down with really chunky uh, terminology and call it beginner friendly. Uh, you know, I remember when I was first studying theology, I I, uh, I got this book and it said, you know, a, a whole kind of theological discussion for everyday Christians and, or something like that. Um, and I was taking a theology class at the time through my church. And so people are reading this book and, you know, I'll admit I'm a bit nerdy, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd word, you know, so I'm willing to look these stuff up. But, you know, as, as students were talking, as we were going through the book, people were really struggling because everyone felt like this is listed as for everyday Christians. But if I can't understand it, then there's no hope for me. And that was true. And that was fair because it was a very complicated book. You know, it would... There were some parts that were, you know, nice and and kind of bare bones explained, but there was a lot of terminology being thrown around, similar to this whole thing that I wrote out here. 
And people were feeling really hopeless because, well, I guess if I can't understand this at the most basic level, something aimed at Christians who aren't theologically savvy, then why even bother? And that really bothered me. You know, it bothered me because I saw people who really wanted to learn more about God and understand more, but they felt this barrier because theology had this entry point, you know, it had this this uh, gate that they just couldn't get through. You know, there was a barrier standing in their way of them digging deeper into understanding theology. And so over time through, you know, God really working on me and, and through me, uh, here we are at this ministry right now. But those are those are the hesitations that a lot of people have about studying theology. You know, all kinds of different reasons. Like I said, you might have your own that's that's you know your own thing that I didn't address. But for the most part, this covers it. There's people who are wholly opposed to it, people who don't get it, people who don't want it, or people who just misunderstand it. And I think the foundational issue that we have when we're talking about the hesitation we have with theology is we don't stop and ask ourselves, what does theology actually mean? We have assumptions, we have ways that we use the word theology, but I think, especially as I've talked to people, people will use theology in different ways. And the more opposed people are to theology, I think the the more academic and less God-honoring definition they have of what theology really is. You know, we make these assumptions, but don't really know. We're not all speaking the same language when we use that word. So when a lot of people think of theology, you know, they, they think of it like the world. It is, you know, it's theology or theology. It is the study of God. That's the, the basic word breakdown of what theology literally means. And so people are like, well, I don't want to study God. You know, I want, I want to live in the spirit. I want to, to, to be living a life, not just sitting there and, you know, studying some dusty old tomes up in my, you know, ivory tower with a bunch of old dudes who just like to talk about nerdy things all day. And so that's the idea that people have with theology. And that's, that's fair, right? Because that is literally what theology means. And to those outside of the Christian faith, those who are not true followers of Jesus Christ, that's really all you can do with theology. You know, it's just, it's a study of a thing. But here's what I want to propose, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to redefine the word, but I think that when we think of theology, we have to, as Christians, go a certain direction with it. We have to do more with God than just study him. And so here is, is a basic understanding of what I would propose most Christians who study theology, what they really mean by theology. And that is, theology is understanding God, humanity, and the world as God has revealed it so that we can grow in truth and live for Jesus. Now, in some groups, or, or a technical definition of this is practical theology, because it's theology that's practical. It's something that we can practice that should, that must absolutely inform our day-to-day -day lives. Now, as for why we don't call it practical theology, Ultimately, I think it's because we're lazy. You know, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, studying practical theology is really valuable. Practical theology is so good for Christians. Practical theology saved my life, which is a true story for another time. It, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue, right? Theology, clean, crisp, single word. But 
again, when people hear us talk about theology, when you hear me talk about theology, it may not be necessarily apparent that I'm not talking about just studying God, but understanding him, understanding who God is, understanding who we are as people, understanding the world that God has created and understanding those things as God has revealed it. So not through personal opinion and things like that, but first with God's word is our authority understanding those things with the goal, with the intention of growing in truth so that we can live for our savior. So that is what theology has to be for a Christian. It's there's a what to it. Absolutely. It's studying, but there's a why so that it can influence our lives so that we can truly live not according to our opinions, not according to the worldview set up, set up by a world that hates God, you know, not letting them define what we desire, what our identity is, but finding those things in God and finding them primarily through being good students of the word that he has given us. And as we'll see, as he's called us to do, God has called us to study theology in this way that we are defining it here. Because at the end of the day, you know, I said that a lot of people and I think that most people listening here, if you've been eh, kind of hesitant to theology, I think you can find yourself and say, you know, I don't I don't want to study theology. I want to live a Christian life. You know, you, there's a duality that we set up here between either we study theology or we live for God. We live in the spirit. And it's not an either or. Instead, it's we study theology so that we can live in the spirit so that we can live a victorious and mature Christian life. Theology is necessary for Christians without it. As we'll see in this little mini series, as we will see throughout the whole course of this channel, if we don't have good theology, if we are not accurately understanding everything about us, God, humanity, and the world with God's word as our authority first and foremost, we are not going to be mature Christians. We're not going to accurately understand truth. We are going to be living according to something, right? Something's going to be telling us what's true. Something's going to be dictating who we are and what we do, but it's not going to be God's truth. And that is why theology is so important. It's studying in order to live for our God in this brief life that we have today. So that is going to wrap it up for this video. Um, as I leave you off here, I want you to consider what happens if a Christian neglects learning about their God? So what happens if a Christian refuses to study theology? What happens if they don't want to know who God is, if they don't want to understand who people truly are, what their identity really is, why they were made and things like that? What happens if someone does not let God's word be the primary authority in understanding the world around them, both physical and spiritual. What do you think would happen? Or what kind of life do you think a Christian would live in that situation? So I'm going to leave you off with that. And next time, we are going to talk about how every person, even atheists, do theology every single day. So if you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss anything. Uh, if you found this valuable or if you find anything about this channel valuable, make sure you share it with others. Uh, and if you appreciate and find value in what I'm doing through this ministry, then check the link in the show notes to find out how you can support me every single month.
I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ. 